If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And this is your host, Heather Bayer, and Happy New Year to everybody. And it's amazing. We've made it to 2017 and it's going to be a fabulous year. So to kick off the year and at the end of this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on for us this year. But uh, I brought along my uh, business partner and my son, Mike Bayer, to, um, to help me out with this podcast and to share a few ideas on the five things you must do for success in 2017. Mike, hi, how are you? Very good, and a happy new year to everybody that's listening. Uh, start of a new year, it's always exciting. Uh, new stuff going on. Um, sometimes, I, you know, everybody talks about, you know, looking back over the previous year and reflecting, and but I always find it a lot more exciting to look forward and, and the potential of, of what comes ahead. Um, so I'm doing very well, thank you. We had a wonderful Christmas, didn't we? Well, we sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you worked, you worked, half of us got sick. But the rest of the time, it was pretty good. It's just always nice to get the family together, even if yes. Yeah, so, so I was. Uh, if, if any of you didn't know, I, I'm a uh, I'm a full time firefighter uh, in uh, in a major city just outside Toronto. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was it was my turn this year to be on shift for Christmas Day. Um, so we postponed Christmas Day by a day. So we had the kids open their the advent calendar one day late. So they never never really knew. I mean, they're only four and two. Um, but yeah, and then I uh, both uh, Andrea, my wife, and I. Headed over to to the the Bayer family residence where we had uh, fourteen people, uh, and yeah, and then everybody got sick. <laughs> no, not everybody. There was just half a dozen of us, but it just happened that I got sick about uh, about eleven o'clock on Christmas morning. Well, Christmas morning, which was Boxing Day for everybody else, but for us it was it was Christmas. When we were sort of in the, in the midst of preparing Christmas dinner, and and I suddenly thought, uh oh, no, this is not good. <laughs> And that, I'm out. I'm out. And that was it. Me gone for about, oh, gosh, at least 24 hours. So I missed yeah. I missed my Christmas dinner. I missed what I love the most, which is the mega buffet the following day. Um, but we, you know, we had a, such a ton of family there. They were able to pick up the pick up the reins, finish the finish the cooking. And <laughs> apparently it was all wonderful. Um, I mean, you didn't get sick, so so I'm uh, you know I'm guessing that that you enjoy. I never did never did ask you, Mike. It was a good Christmas dinner without me. Yeah, everything. You know what? And 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 what what made it so good? I'm sorry, not not good that you weren't there, but you and and uh, your sister, my aunt, um, had spent had done everything so right on on the real Christmas day to prepare for our Christmas day, which was Boxing Day. Um, so everything was prepared for. So. Um, you know, it, this kind of kind of segues quite nicely into our first first of the five things you must do for 2016 is, you, you know, is to expect the unexpected. And that's what you did is like, well, I don't think you planned for there to be anything unexpected, but I think it was just that you were so well prepared that, you know, everything just ran on rails um, without you having to be there and kind of oversee everything. Um, well, I, you know, I, I think it's always at the back of my, my mind that things things can always go wrong whatever whatever you do 
So I tend to I tend to do a lot of planning and preparation. Um, not not essentially not for anything specific that might go wrong, but always so that somebody could come along and pick up you know pick up the pieces if um, you know if, if if I'm not there or if something um, if some if something happens to take me out of the picture and. Uh, as you say, expecting the unexpected is our number one thing on the five things you must do for success in 2017. Um, and this was something we discussed just because, you know, a lot of people tend to come out with their, their predictions of how the industry is going to change. And, and, and those are all very, very good. And I think, and you know, the reason why a lot of experts come out with those predictions is because it allows you, the listener, to be able to position yourself to, to have the best success in 2017. So we're not kind of doing making predictions per se, but we are certainly wanting you to focus on a few areas of your business that will help help you succeed in 2017 rather than you having to react to the, to the market or changes in marketing or things like that. But there's some very basic things that we have discussed uh, in the past at length um, that we just want you to refocus on and, and kind of make more of a priority in your business decision making as you head into 2017. Um, and definitely check out the show notes for this because there'll be links back to older episodes of the podcast where we've covered some of these um, these topics in depth, um, as well as lots of links to um, anything that we mentioned. So, so definitely head across to cottageblogger.com forward slash, and we'll make this short this year. Uh, this week, uh, cottageblogger.com forward slash VRS162. Okay, um, so I'm just going to give you, in a nutshell, what, what we're talking about. I'm going to give you now the five things you must do for success in 2017, um, just so you know what's coming. Um, so number one is expect the unexpected. We're going to talk a little bit about emergency planning. Number two is create a remarketing strategy. And this is this is going to be so important as as we move into a sort of new era of, of vacation rentals. The third one is about collaborating and getting together with your peers and your fellow vacation rental owners to, to create a common voice, to, to do a lot of things, to, to market collectively, and also to deal with any sort of um, legislation or rental restrictions that might come your way. The fourth one is um, we're going to be talking about how you can show your uniqueness because millions more people are coming into this market and it's becoming hugely competitive. So we're going to talk about how you need, why you need to be unique in 2017. And number five, we're going to talk about why and how it's so important to update everything. Um, whereas we used to leave things, you know, maybe for a year or two and, and not change anything out. It is so much more important now to keep everything updated and we're going to go through a number of things that uh, that you have to do so this is an action-packed very full uh podcast so so stay with us there's a lot to a uh, lot to cover and and as mike says we'll we'll be putting a lot of this in the show notes so um you have a quick reference to it so let's keep, awesome let's kick off with um expecting the unexpected now i wrote about emergency planning um a while back, it's something that I'm passionate about, and and it was it was the topic of uh, your workshop at um, the 2016 Vacation Rebel Success Summit. It 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 indeed was, and because I love this topic, I think it's so important, and so many people don't do it. They don't 
they don't think about or they don't want to think about all the things that could go wrong. But I just want to give you a couple of examples from this past year um, for that have happened to myself, that have happened to my agency, that have happened to other people, where expecting the unexpected and emergency planning can, you know, can really make a difference. And let's start with probably the one that's that was most in, in vacation rental owners' minds uh, just back in earlier in, in December. And that was the, um, the, the wildfires in the Smoky Mountains. Now, our friend David Angotti owns uh, SmokyMountains.com. It's a, it's a management agency uh, in, uh, near Gatlinburg. And, and he was directly uh, affected by this. Now, what we're saying when, when we talk about emergency planning is, is you know, we, we might say, yeah, plan for a disaster like a, a wildfire, by all means. That's something that may happen in your area. Maybe it's an earthquake if you're in an earthquake zone. Maybe it's hurricanes if you're on the East Coast and you experience the hurricanes in, um, in, the, in the summer and the, the early fall. But the planning you do is more around what might happen um, should these occur. What might happen to your upcoming reservations? What would you do with people that are currently in properties? What would you do with the, the reservations that you have that may have to be cancelled? And what do you do with people who are on the phone to you, which they always will be, when they hear all these things on the, on the media? They they immediately think their vacation is going to be impacted. They get on the phone. What, what will happen if I cancel? What will happen if I get there and the property is not, uh, not habitable for, for any reason? What will happen if I need to evacuate? So it's, it's more about planning for those types of things. Um, Mike, you, you are, um, you're a firefighter. You deal with um, emergency planning all the time. What uh, what can you contribute to this? Well, I, we've covered this before, and we've got a great action plan within the Vacation Rental Formula for anybody who's a Vacation Rental Formula member um, on emergency planning, um, because it is it's a huge beast. Like it's a huge topic to cover, because not only are you covering um, from the aspect of being an owner um, in terms of okay, so the dishwasher breaks. So what's, what's my preparing for the unexpected when it comes to some dishwasher breaking, which for most families when they're renting a property is quite important. Or if your internet fails, um, we can speak to that personally. The internet is very important um, for families these days. Um, so you, it's important to have those things to your fingertips. But, you know, then you look at it from the guest perspective. What happens when they're staying in a property? I mean, I'm, I'm super um, concerned. I, I, this is just my own personal opinion for uh, properties on the West Coast um, over the next few years because they, they're, they're predicting the next big earthquake on the West Coast. Um, so as a guest, if I'm going to go stay somewhere in, in the West Coast, and I've done this any time we've gone to Hawaii, or, uh, or more specifically Maui, I, as a guest, I pay, pay particular attention to the evacuation routes for tsunamis um, because – just a lot of people just don't think about that stuff. And that's just my emergency planning brain. But as an owner, you have to look at both sides. You have to look at what it is that you need to do as an owner to prepare yourself for the systems and the appliances and the services that you're providing to your guests. What happens when they go wrong? But you also have to look at what you need to provide to your guests should there be a, like a, a, an environmental emergency 
or um, or some kind of catastrophe. What do you provide to those guests um, to make sure that they're taken care of in an emergency? Because it could be that maybe you can't drive to the property to get there. Maybe they're cut off. Maybe there's and the wildfires in Smoky Mountains was was a great example is that, you know, these big wildfires and there, there are bookings, there are people coming into these properties. What do you now do to ensure that those guests who are booked and they're looking forward to the vacation who now can't have a vacation because either there isn't a property there to go to or the area is, is being evacuated? So what can you do to ensure the guests who are coming in are taken care of in, in terms of rehoming them or finding another, another somewhere else for them to go? Um, and dependent on your business and whether you're an individual owner or if you are a manager, obviously the scale of, of, of how big a challenge that is changes. I mean, obviously, if you're an owner, you're dealing with one, two, three different bookings. As a manager, you could be dealing with hundreds. Um, so you have to just take the time to think and, and put that plan in place of what am I going to do? An individual owner might be looking to rehouse people um, at hotels or move them or have an, a friend who has another property that's a few hours away. These, these are options to, to weigh up and, and you know write them down on paper and see if, if these are logistically possible for guests who are coming to stay. Um, so I, I think from, from, from my perspective, I think always just every single year is reassess. It's always about reassessing your property, your services, um, and you know the the types of things that could potentially happen at your property. And as I said, all this stuff is covered in this great action plan we have uh, in the Vacation Rental Formula. If you're a Vacation Rental Formula member, and if you're not, head over to vacationrentalformula.com, and uh, you can take a look at the site there and see if you'd like to to join and become a member and have access to uh, nearly a dozen different courses that we have available. And and I did a, a, a relatively recent uh, podcast on emergency um, uh, emergency management and emergency planning. So um, we'll put a link to that because it takes this topic and and really broadens it out. Um, just just one other example uh, I I wanted to mention. Um, we had a family going into one of our managed cottages for New Year, and we went into it. A property manager went down a couple of days before. Uh, noticed that the oven needed cleaning, so he set the oven to um, self-clean, went down the f- um, a couple of hours later when it was finished uh, to find that there was no power to the oven and the door wouldn't open. And and the only this is one of these catch-22 situations, Mike, with this particular oven, is that the only way to, um, to change the fuse, and it looks like the fuse... Uh, there's a thermal fuse in these ovens that that will trip, that will go when when it, when it overheats, which seems a bit odd because self cleaning does go pretty high heat. That thermal fuse is inside the oven. How do you get to it? You have to open the door, and the door's locked because and the, the fuse is locked. And the door's locked. Yes, because that's what happens with self clean. So I mean, we 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 we've been online anyway. That that's neither here nor there. We've got to work it out with a coat hanger, apparently. To get this door open, but we had to get hold of the guests who were going in for the New Year's for their New Year's celebrations. Tell them they didn't have an oven. We wouldn't be able to, you know, we, we, we were not able to get an appliance repair person. But we have an emergency plan in place that covers um, that uh, covers appliance breakdowns, and we were able to go to the guests and, and and give them all the different options that we had. You know, we we cannot get this repaired. So you, you're not going to have this oven. However, there is a barbecue. We can supply um, a small portable oven, you know, toaster oven. And 
if if you wish to move to another property, we have an alternative for you. So we, we have a plan that covers all appliance breakdowns in our properties. Um, you know, it's it, it it is a bit of a one size fits all, and or we try to make it a one size fits all. So there are always variations, but just having that plan makes it so much easier for our staff to cope with anything that happens like this. They know that this is the procedure that they they go through. Just before we, just before we move off that one, um, another really important one when it comes to appliances is contact. But before you have a problem with your appliances, find out at least two, if not three, different small appliance repair people in your area. Phone them up. Say, this is who I am. This is the business I have. I just want to find out, um, you know, what's your response time? Do you offer, um, you know, 365, 365 days a year repair? A lot of places won't. And, and even more importantly, a lot of these companies won't take on or will only do emergency repairs for existing clients. Um, and this is really important because, you know, if you have an emergency on uh, a Boxing Day or a, a New Year's Day or something like that, um, they will not come out to you unless you're an existing client. But at least if you've called and made that connection, say, well, can we be, can we be on your client list? Then they're more likely to, to, to service you in an emergency. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's very difficult because, I mean, for us in rural areas of Ontario and Canada, um, a lot of people, it's like, well, you can get you can get by without it for a day. Um, they don't have the same mindset as, as we do as, as rental owners to ensure that we're providing, you know, top quality service 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And there's that fine balance with, you know, providing great service to your guests, but also within reason. Um, so, so just take, just bear that in mind. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, we, we with with our circumstance, we we have the two. We have two local appliance repair people, and I phoned both of them. Neither of them could uh, could help me by coming out, but both of them, because we have a previous relationship, um, they both offered solutions. Uh, one of them said, you know, I can't come out, but if you, you know, there is a solution, if you go down there, go down to the property call me and I'll talk you through it. So as you're absolutely right, you, you create that relationship and, and these guys will help you out because they want to be your suppliers. Okay, let's move on. So let, let's say one of the first thing you're going to do for success in 2017 is have that emergency planning meeting with your team, your family, and, and brainstorm all the possible events that could happen and then put in place your solutions. So we're going to talk about creating a marketing remarketing strategy. We we heard I heard this a lot last year, Mike. People talking about yeah. remarketing. So tell I, us a bit more about what this is about. Uh, yeah, and I think remarketing is, is is a bit of a hip phrase right now, uh, and I think a lot of us probably already do it. But we just want to kind of re-highlight the importance. And remarketing is where you you spend additional time and sometimes even money to to market to people who have already used your service um so that more in our business they are previous guests um and if they're not previous guests they're friends of pre- uh, previous guests who have maybe um, had a referral um so what we're looking to do is is just ensure that once a guest has been to stay and you know they've had a good experience with you your 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 management agency or your individual property is that you are maintaining that relationship with them over a period of time and there you know this is a very 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 easy way 
to to keep your bookings coming back year after year. And I'd say for myself, my property, I would say over 70% of my bookings are repeat guests. And, and when you're looking to achieve maximum occupancy and, and not have any other weeks available, the key is to get people coming back time and time again. And I, I see huge success with um, uh, groups of women and couples who come back um, two, three, if not four times a year to my property um, just because, you know, that's that's they now consider that to be their little getaway and they get excited and, and they're, they're booking further and further ahead. Um, we have several bookings already for July and August 2017 and even a booking for 2018 of people who just want to keep coming back to make sure that they can reserve their spot in the place that they love um, because we've created that experience for them. So there are five key aspects, um, I feel, to, to, your, to what you should be implementing in your remarketing strategy. Um, so the first one, and we've talked about this a lot through 2016, and I'm going to continue to talk about it through 2017, is um, developing an email marketing strategy. Um, now, this is great for inbound, uh, for, for brand new uh, potential guests, but it's even more important for this remarketing strategy where you're keeping your uh, past guests updated. Um, so the key is to making sure that you actually go out, research, and put and subscribe to an email marketing platform. Um, and you know we've talked about this. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact episode, but we talked about this several times. Um, and th there's many different options out there from Mailchimp to Aweber to Infusionsoft. Uh, and one of the platforms that I'm really getting behind right now is uh, is a platform called Drip. Uh, and I believe it's drip.io. Um, I'll, I'll check that and, uh, and and get that in the show notes for you. Um, but Drip is a new product um, from uh, a, a company that we, we support called Lead Pages. Um, and essentially, what you're doing this is a place where once people have opted in, or you've you've given them a bribe and they've given you that your their email address is that they uh, this is where you you house your email addresses and then you can send out emails to these to these companies. I apologize, it's actually drip.co, not io, it's drip.co. Um, and the great thing is, is you can set um, your emails up to be delivered automatically. So you don't have to send individual emails. So over the course of two, three, four years, I mean, certainly for a management agency, you're collecting contacts day in and day out. But for as an individual owner, you might only get 30 to 40 contacts a year um, who are actually booking a property. And then maybe another 50 or 60 who are maybe just sending inquiries. Um, all of these contacts are, are great to have to, to keep up to date with. Um, and you can do that by sending out consistent um, communication. And, and we do that in the form of a, of a newsletter where you can give updates as to what changes you've made to the property, um, what changes or what new um, attractions and activities there are in the area. Um, and these are really, really great ways of, you know, keeping your property, your business in the forefront of the mind of the people who have already been to stay with you. Another thing you can do that's not related to email marketing, but you can also, um, and I'm planning on doing this this year at my property, is providing a, uh, a nice postcard size magnet that you give to them as a gift, which is you know a little montage of pictures of the property that they can take home and put on their fridge. So every single day they're seeing the image of, of the property they went to stay at and the wonderful vacation they had, um, which again just keeps, it almost subconsciously keeps repeating in their mind about wanting to come back. And that's really, really uh, effective marketing. So now you have a place to keep your email addresses. You need to build your email list. Uh, and the main thing is, is you're making sure that anybody who books with you 
um, you are ensuring that their email addresses get put onto this this email list uh, that you can con- that you can broadcast email to. And what I mean by broadcast email is that you can write one email and it gets sent to everybody on your list all at the same time. Um, and that way it saves the whole point of doing this is to save you time, money, and effort rather than having to contact people individually. Um, there are definitely pros and cons of, you know, some people will say you'll lose that personal connection. I don't think you do. Uh, I think, you know, we're all subscribed to a lot of, of email lists where we receive information from people that we've requested. And, you know, sometimes you'll read the information, sometimes you won't. Um, but if you're providing really great content that you know that your your past guests would like to, to read about, especially if you're doing updates um, to the property, um, that always gets people excited. It's like if you added a pool table or if you've added, um, you know, a, a new kids um, outdoor jungle gym, something like that. That is something that will get people excited. So, oh, that was one of the things that was missing. And I suggested that and they put that in for me. Those are other things um, that you can put into that newsletter that keeps people really exciting excited so so that list is really important so building that email marketing list um as i said both for past guests and for new people coming in is, is really important um social media is going to continue to be uh, an area where you need to invest time um and, and i still feel that facebook um facebook is one of the best places for you to to to, to grab new um and also maintain the relationships with your past guests um, a couple of different ways you can do this. I mean, you can create a group if you wish. You could actually create a group um, that you can add your guests to. Um, so you can put messages in there as to the new things that are happening at the property and any changes. And, and then your guests can become, you know, they, they're your customers. They can give you feedback. They can give you suggestions. Um, they can actually also, um, you know, if you put out a suggestion that I want to put in, uh, I want to move this around and do this. Maybe your guests might come back and say, ah, no, I, I kind of liked it the way it was. You can, you know, it's a great way of maintaining that relationship, that conversation. Your guests become more like friends than just people you're renting a property to. Um, so definitely like maintaining that social media presence, have, have a page for your business. Um, I mean, it's great if you've got just your own, uh, your own Facebook profile, but I'd recommend you actually have a page for your property or for your management agency. Um, so that way people can like it and they'll receive information anytime you post to it. Um, and, and, and lastly, um, I mean, we, we, I've mentioned this all the way through, is make sure you're engaging with your past guests. So we, we talked about doing this through broadcasts and we talked about doing this through social media. Um, but what I mean by actually engaging with them is that use information you already have. Um, so quite often if somebody's booking a property, you're going to ask them just out of curiosity, what, why are you coming to stay with us? What is it about the area or about our property that that's interested you in booking? Um, and sometimes they will use very specific references to something that's personal, something like it's our anniversary. It's, it's our honeymoon. Um, it's so-and-so's birthday, things like that. Or, or, uh, we have a group of friends who go golfing. This is a great opportunity to be able to save that information on a spreadsheet, and you can do it yourself in Excel, um, or just write them on on cue cards, or you can even use a computerized system like Infusionsoft um, to store this information. But what you can do is you can go through your um, the information on your past guests and send, send, uh, set reminders um, to yourself to recontact people. So if you know it's going to be uh, Bob and John's anniversary on the in the middle of May, 
you might want to contact them in uh, in March time to say, hey guys, I know it's your anniversary coming up in May. Just want to let you know we've done X Y Z to the property, and we'd love to have we'd, we'd welcome you back again to uh, to have another anniversary, um, and we can do this, this, and this for you. Those kind of emails, those personal touches, is what really makes the difference. And I definitely understand this is, can be a lot more challenging for a, a large agency. But again, is it, we, we talked about this in an episode about rich guest profiling, where you're taking the information that people are giving you just through the course of booking and then being able to use that again in the future to build a remarket back to them. Yeah. So that's it. So, so yeah, sorry, that's, I, that's I, a, I was just going to add, actually, because because we're, we're doing this now um, within our agency when we are um, – what what's the word, Mike? When you can separate out certain um, sort of classes, segmentation. Segmentation. So we've segmented out um, the, the the people who are on our list who are who who have come with pets. So you know there are are, are pet owning guests, and every so often I'm doing a an, a, a broadcast out to them talking about you know some some something that's topical. In, in the pet world and bringing your pet on vacation and that sort of thing. Or we've segmented out the, the people with teenage children and we send those the information on the new properties that have unlimited Wi-Fi because not all yeah, our properties oh, do. So, you know, and that's important, which is something we're going to be coming on to. And that's one of the great things is if you can segment your list, and as you said, like things like people with pets, anytime you have a new property that comes on board to your inventory that allows pets – you can then email um, that segment of your list and just let them all know we have this brand new property. And then you, you're more than likely going to see a lot faster uptake on bookings for that new property if you're actually zeroing in on, you know, re-niching down on what it is that people are looking for. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, what this what remarketing really does is, is brings all those guests that have come to you via your third-party listing sites, via... Airbnb or HomeAway or VRBO or TripAdvisor or wherever you have them. And it's taking those guests into your own fold, if you like. It's bringing them to you, to your website. So the next time you sell to them, you're selling to them directly, which is what the, um, what, what the focus of all this really is. Yeah, I think just to touch on that, I mean, certainly when it comes to the listing sites, I mean, a lot of them are beginning now uh, they're trying to force owners and people who are paying for the listings to you know do the payment processing through their website um and and that in turn is is losing you an additional percentage because you're having to use payment processing through their site payment processing is very inexpensive it seems complicated but um i mean i would highly recommend a website or sorry a payment processor called stripe um, Stripe is excellent. Um, it's very inexpensive. It's like thirty cents per transaction and and two point nine percent of every transaction, which is you know very standard. That is there's, that, that's uh, super inexpensive compared to what some businesses are charging um, for their transaction fees. So I would highly recommend you know going to Stripe, setting that up, and then you can actually have their payment processing system on your own site, uh, which is is just so much more powerful and gives you the power. Um, over your own business yeah good stuff mike so number two for the five things to do for success in 2017 is create your remarketing strategy so get going on that one um number three is uh, collaborate this is this is so important i think the whole vacation rental game seems to be changing 
well, it has been changing for years. But as we go into 2017, it's going to become so much more impo- important that we, we forget this competitiveness with our, our neighbors who are also renting out. And we start getting together with them, collaborating with them, learning from them, learning with them, and, sh- and, and sharing common best practices. Why should we be doing this? Well, a number of reasons. One is that in, in a move to independence, collaboration may be the key because that if, if you start collaborating with your, uh, with your peers and, and you set up, let, let's say, small websites that showcase all your properties in one place, you're going to have much more, um, much more push when you're looking for traffic you're, you're going to have a bigger presence on the web. People are going to come to a site and see several cottages all in the same area and all advertised directly by the owners rather than these big sites. So that's, that's one reason. Another is that we're all going to be impacted at some point by legislation, whether it's outright bans, which we've seen in so many areas, whether it's restrictions, restrictions on how many days you can rent, how many periods of rental you can have, how many people you can have in your property. The restrictions are numerous and varied. And the only way to fight them is with a common voice. Is It's when you collaborate with other owners, other agencies, and you have that power of, you have the power of people to, to address anything that comes before you in terms of of restriction and regulations. So a couple of things you can do. You can, you could organize a meetup. Now, Maria Recruit does this very, very effectively. She she, um, does this in the Niagara region in Ontario. She has property in Niagara-on-the-Lake. And she has organized uh, meetups, and she uses meetup.com, simple um, platform, that enables you to get the message out about where you're going to have a meetup, whether it's in a coffee shop or a restaurant or a nearby hotel in a meeting room. And you just simply get people together at a specified date and time and you come together and just get to know each other, get to know your common pain points and how you can tackle them. Getting together with other owners doesn't mean you've got to share secrets. And in fact, when you think about it, you probably don't have any secrets. We're all doing the same thing. And in general, if somebody's coming to a meetup, they are a professional owner. And so that means you're all doing this professionally together. Um, so forget the competition. We all have these pain points that we need to tackle and tackling them collaboratively is far better than doing it on your own. Uh, another thing, Thing you could do is join avroa.org uh, and uh, and starting a chapter which you know sort of similar to a meetup but just actually you could start a chapter online with some of your local uh, vacation rental peers uh, the short-term rental advocacy center will help uh, you can go to strac i think it's org actually um, we'll check that out, Mike. Stick it on the uh, on the show notes. But it's S T R A C. It's either dot com or dot org or dot net. It's dot org. It's dot org. Okay, so that's a short term rental advocacy center. 
that's what the uh, the acronym is stands for and they they also help you to um to set up a local alliance and to promote that um and that's a fantastic organization it is backed by uh by HomeAway and TripAdvisor, some of the, the big listing organizations. But they, you know, we all have a vested interest in, in getting to grips with whatever the legislators throw at us. And then finally, and perhaps most importantly it's to, to me, is to go to conferences, go to seminars, go and where other owners are hanging out and go and spend some dedicated uh, time with them. Um, and for example, of course, the Vacation Rental Success Summit, which we held in, in um, May, uh, April of last year, was one such event, which was two days of absolutely focused networking. We had people come away from that event saying it was life-changing, um, which you know we can't ask for more. And certainly when I've been to a conference, when, if I can come away and say, I learnt enough in that two days to to make me a good amount of income. Then I feel I have really achieved something, and and I know that people were coming away from VRSS saying exactly that. They went back to their um, to their businesses. They applied some of the things they learned from other people as well as the educational component, and they their business significantly improved because of it. So do you want to just uh, chip in, Mike, and add your little bit about VRSS 17? Yes, I mean, after the, the huge success of uh, VRSS 16, uh, we have chosen to, to do another event uh, in 2017 at the same venue here in Toronto, uh, which is May 6th and 7th. Uh, and you can head over to vacationrentalsuccesssummit.com uh, and you can check out this incredible lineup of speakers that we have uh, this year. Uh, and I think it's, yeah, I, I was just blown away at the the networking and the quality of conversation that was having. I, I, I shouldn't have been surprised, but, you know, when you get um, people together in an environment that's completely unbiased. So, you know, we're not we're not promoting any one business. Uh, we're not associated with Airbnb or HomeAway or TripAdvisor or or the Vacation Rental Managers Association or anything like that. We're not trying to push a specific agenda. The whole point of the Vacation Rental Success Summit is bring together all aspects of the industry in one spot. Um, and what we're trying to do is, is to, to create conversation um, and also to, to provide a venue where, you know, the industry begins to have a direction and a voice. Um, and we've always said that, you know, the voice from the grassroots should be bigger and louder than the singular voices from the big businesses trying to um, curb the way we do our business. Um, and I think that, you know, this is a great opportunity for people to come together to create alliances, to, cre uh, to collaborate and develop solutions to some of the problems that a lot of people, I mean, you read an incredible number of people complaining and um, commenting on some of the changes with the way some of the big um, the big agencies are, are doing their business. The only way you can, you know, change that is to come together and, and come together and be one voice um, against these uh, or, or against or supporting or or to, 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 you know, have these companies listen to you rather than like a small singular email 
you know, when you've got a few hundred people in, in a room who are all networking and chatting about the same thing, these companies will listen. Um, so that's why I strongly encourage you to attend uh, the Vacation Rental Success Summit uh, in May of 2017. And of course, information on that will be on the show notes. Yes, absolutely. Everywhere. If you haven't seen it in, in advertising or Facebook ads or or um, let me know, because uh, I think we're, we're doing a pretty good job of, of trying to get it out there for everybody to see and hear about. Uh, and just a reminder, it is in Canada. Uh, we are holding this in Canada, and it's not focused on the Canadian rental industry by any stretch. Uh, last year, we had over 70% of the attendees were from the U.S., uh, another 20% from, um, uh, or another 25%, I'd say, from, from Canada. And then the remaining 10% were from all over the world. So definitely, uh, definitely come on, come on over to Toronto. Uh, everything's in Canadian dollars, which is incredibly inexpensive now for most people around the world. Yes. Well, well, less said about that, the better. <laughs> it's not good for us. <laughs> about our exchange rate. <laughs> okay. That's great. So number three on the five things to do for success in 2017 is to collaborate. So make that a, a goal, get together with your neighbors, talk to them and, uh, and create an alliance of some sort so number four i'm going to go through this one fairly quickly because we've covered this a lot it's about showing your uniqueness um the the reason i include this is that there was a bit of a startling um statistic or it was a number that came out of a conversation i had with richard vorton from Discovery Holiday Homes and Rentivo.com. Oh, and just uh, just as a little announcement, um, Rentivo.com announced two days ago that they had met their target for their crowdfunding. So I'm absolutely blown over, over the moon about that. They've still got nine days to go. Um, so, you know, I, I just wanted to announce that because I'm very happy about it. Thank you. know, Great stuff, Richard and the team at Rentivo. And if you're interested on in, uh, more information about that crowdfunding campaign, um, we will link to, I believe it was episode 159, uh, which was, I think, uh, let me just check that, um, which Heather interviewed Richard all about Rentivo and and this crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, because it is still open. It's still open for the next uh, next eight or nine days, I think. Um, so the, the reason I mentioned Rentivo, I'm talking to Richard, is that um, the... The, the, the basis of that podcast was about a survey that Rentivo did back in September asking uh, asking owners and managers what, what they thought of, you know, really the state of the rental industry and, and the, um, the power of listing sites. And one owner said to Richard that you know, he, he lives in Wales and he said five years ago, five or six years ago, there were, only, there were 700 properties in his area. He said there's now over 7,000. And and that would that that to me was just a stunning change in in a, in a very short space of time. And what has done it is the Airbnb platform because it's shown millions of people that they can list their property and make some money, um, really regardless of of what they of what they have. You know, anybody can do it. If you've got a tent in your backyard, you know, rent your tent. If you've got an old, a beat-up old minivan that you can turn into a room, then then you can do that. But if you've got a, a fancy yurt or um, an airstream, or of course rooms in your house or a whole home, but it's just opened it up to many, many more people, which means that you now have massive, massive competition. 
Now, most of these people are going to simply use Airbnb and rely on that for their traffic, and that may be enough for them. But as this competition grows, you've just got to do more. You've, you've got to stand out from the crowd, and, and to do that, you've got to really think beyond just a simple listing. So you can show your uniqueness in a number of ways. You can target a niche. You can target a niche such as, um, in broad terms, pet-friendly. That's, that's a really good niche. There's a lot of people out there who want to bring their pets. Um, child-friendly for teenagers. You know, you have unlimited internet. So that's a great one to target to, to teenagers. You can become a local expert and spread it out amongst people who are interested in your area that you know it like the back of your hand and you're the one that can show them the secret hikes or the secret dog walks or the, or the secret places or the secret beaches. Um, you've got to do something different. You've got to be unique. Now, and there's a number of ways of doing this, of course. The number one is to have your own website and I firmly believe that anybody who wants to be unique and make their mark in this industry has to have a website. Um, you should have a blog on your website. You could always start a podcast like this, a little bit more um, uh, complicated, but it's it's one way of being unique. Uh, some way in 2017, you need to think about how you can be unique. I love it. I, I think that the the power of, of uniqueness, um, you, you know, and and it's difficult because you have to make sure that you're being unique. Um, front and center to people who are looking for um, a, a property. So, for example, if you if you're marketing on um, Airbnb, um, there is going to be a dozen, if not more, properties in your immediate area competing for that um, that booking. So, you need to make sure within your listing somehow you can literally jump out of the screen um, to the, the 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 person who's booking their their rental. Um, you got to be able to jump out and show them that, whoa, look at me, because I know this stuff. So it's not it's not good enough to have a listing on Airbnb that simply just shows you know the pictures of your property and oh come and stay at this nice place. You almost have to change the title. Um, so you know if you're focusing on 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 people with pets, if that's your niche, then make your title the best pet friendly property in South Beach. Um, you know, it's things like that that you need to pay attention to when you're trying to stand out and, and be be unique and stand out from from the competition. Yeah, and uh, it's something that I'm going to cover a little bit a uh, little bit more over the next um, over the next uh, few weeks of of podcasts because I want to just I'm, I want, I'm going to be interviewing some people who are unique and and who are you know who who have picked on something that makes them stand apart from the rest. So watch out for that. So number number four on my list of the five things you must do for success in 2017 is show your uniqueness. And and you know something, Matt Landau said it just recently. He said it doesn't matter if you have a con, you know, you've got a condo apartment in a in a big apartment building. You can still be unique in the way you represent it. So you know, don't don't think you can't be. Everybody uh, has the opportunity to do that. So finally, and, and this is something that's very dear to my heart at the moment, Mike, because I'm doing a mass of updating down at Kingfisher Cottage. Um, so we're going to be talking about updating everything. 
And we're looking at doing the same thing because, you know, it's the start of a new year. It's time to freshen everything up, to, to look at how things are changing, look at what your guests are looking for. Uh, and it gives a great opportunity to kind of, again, if, if you're using that remarketing strategy, this is a great opportunity to start broadcasting to your past guests about all the, all the new changes that you're making. Yeah, the, the, it, it is so important because of this, what we're just talking about, this increased competitiveness, because guests won't tolerate um, complacency any longer. And, and whereas in the past, you know, and I, I know from, from my experience with, with properties that I've been to look at, that owners can be complacent. They can go from year on year and it's the same old bedding. It's the same old books on the same old bookshelves. It's the same old everything. Um, and they, they sort of milk it for the, to, to the last drop because they don't want to, to, they don't want to go to the expense of, of updating anything until it's absolutely necessary. Well, my focus for, for me this year is I'm not thinking that way. I'm thinking about my guests, like you, Mike. The majority of my guests coming to Kingfisher are coming back, that they're repeat guests. I want them to see something different every time they come. I want them to see the upgrades and the updates. Um, but let, let me give you some examples. Um, so some of the, th couple of the things that you absolutely have to change every year, and that's your tourist information. There's nothing I, I hate more than going to a, a vacation rental and finding out of date map books and brochures and getting excited about going somewhere and then finding it's, it was a 2012 brochure and the, the restaurant's closed down now or something like that. So that's really important. One of the first things you do at the beginning of the year is go and get your new tourist information. Update the welcome book. Make it a little bit brighter, more interesting. Add more information. Um, secondly, update the bedding. And I, I, I love the bedding on my beds at Kingfisher, but it's getting a bit stale. Though those, I don't mean sort of stale as in smelly type of stale, but it's the same old, same old. My guests who are coming back are seeing same old bedding every time. So I'm doing some updates. I'm getting new throw pillows. I'm, you know, it's simple because I just use all white sheets. So new throw pillows and a new, um, you know, the bottom strip that goes down the bottom of the bed just to make it look different. A bed skirt. Beds, yeah, change, just changing it up, changing it up. And... You know, the stuff that comes off my Kingfisher, I actually send to, I have it all nicely laundered. It goes down to our, our local community center um, and uh, and gets distributed among, among the community. I feel really happy that I'm not keeping things until they've, they've, they've passed their life. I'm swapping them out after about a year, 18 months, and then they go and be recycled and reused, which I, I love. Um, thirdly, technology. Update the technology. I'm still seeing VHS recorders and cassette players in cottages. Oh, I know. That's absolutely unbelievable that, you, that we still see those. And you know what? Even even DVD players, just, just you, your old standard DVD players. And, and the thing is, is, is this stuff wears. Um, I mean, DVDs are obviously still relevant if you have a DVD library um, and don't have access to Netflix or any of the, you know, um, uh, anything you're going to be streaming from the Internet. Um, but definitely, you just got to make sure that you're keeping up with the times. This is perhaps not so much the case in in, in areas in the U.S. where where, there's, where it's hugely competitive because you're not going to see an old tube TV in those areas. But I no. know where 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 we are. 
I still look at listings and and have a chuckle because you know front and center is this massive old television in the corner and it just dates a place hugely so you know even in a bedroom don't you know, take out the old tube two TVs it's so cheap to buy a new flat screen TV now so it's things like that the other uh, the other parts of technology to um, to update you know remove clock radios I used to have that on a list of mine. I think I, th- I think it's still there. I must take it off. You know, it's an essential item was a clock radio. Well, it's not any longer. The essential item is an iPod docking station. Or, sorry, yeah. an iPhone docking station. Or at least a charging station. And because, you know, every, yeah, you're right. Everybody's using their own phone or their own devices now for, for, for alarm clocks and, and for, and for uh, telling the time. Um, but certainly, you know, we talk about this all the time. I think we were sitting around at Christmas and we're all sitting there at the table and everybody's doing a mixture of things, but everybody has a device on the table. And then that was just half of the group. I think, I think we counted there must have been like 20 or 30 devices between 14 of us. That was really scary. It, it was quite, it's quite obscene. But the thing <laughs> is, is we, we, we are a society now that's so reliant on, on our devices for communication, for information, uh, for entertainment. And so, you know, when people go on vacation, they still take these devices with them, especially, you know, like you and I, anytime we go away, we're, we're always still working. We always find an hour, hour or two a day to do a, a blog post or, or to, you know, send out some social media stuff. So we always need somewhere to charge our devices. And we've talked about this before. Um, an essential piece of any rental should be a, a, a charging station. Um, and if you can, um, provide the cables, I, you know, from Amazon, you can buy these, uh, multi cables now It's USB at one end and five different outlets at the other, just for in case people forget the cables and, and the cables get damaged and all those kind of things. It's, it's a very small cost, um, to provide something that is just so important to people. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Um, so, I mean, finally on this, this list is, um, of, of updates is your listing. Absolutely essential that every year now you go to the photos on your listing and you go to the text and you do an update. Uh, I, I'm betting if you go and have a look at your listing right now, unless you've updated it in the last year or so, that those pictures are not depicting accurately what the property looks like. Uh, I know that mine doesn't, and I, I recently we recently had a discussion about the fact that we hadn't got um, as many winter rentals as as we expected. And I thought, why is that? We've got everything that people want. We've got the hot tub, we've got a fireplace, open form of heat. And I suddenly thought, I don't think the pictures on the website show that the propane stove. And ab- it was absolutely right. They they. There was no propane stove in the pictures on the website. I hadn't updated them for two years. And, and that was having an impact on, on the bookings. So you had, a, you had a comment you wanted to make, Mike, about professional photography. Yeah, I mean, I, I think whenever, I mean, especially for individual owners, when we first get started in the business and you, know, you buy a property and you're furnishing it and you, you, you're just throwing money at it to make it as nice as possible, especially if you listen to this podcast, you know all the things that are expected that you need to provide and it gets expensive. Um, now, what we try and do is we try and save the cost by doing a lot of things ourselves. We'll do our own photography. We'll do our own text. We'll, you know, you'll read Heather's book, um, Hypnotic Language for, for Emails and Listings. You'll do all this stuff yourself, which is great. And, you know, we do live in an age of DIY. Everybody wants to be an expert at everything. 
But there are certain things, especially when it comes to marketing, where you do or should go back and revise and go to a professional. Uh, so for text, I mean, we have great friends, um, um, Andy uh, McNulty and uh, Jessica Vosel from guest, guesthook.com. Yep. Um, that you should definitely go and check out because they, they will do your text for you. They will go through your property. They'll talk to you about you know how you feel about it, what it is that, that people love about it, and they will craft. And it is a craft. It's art. It's art to be able to, to create good writing that grabs people's attention. Um, so we'll absolutely give a plug to, to Andy and Jessica um, and Guest Hook, um, which is somebody you should definitely contact and, and look to get your text you know, refined. Um, that will grab people and especially headlines. Headlines are the most important because that's what people are looking at headlines and text in the first 10 seconds of looking at your listing and then they move on. And if the, the headline and the text is, is, sorry, the headline and the photographs they're looking at, if the headline and the photographs do not grab their attention in the first 10 seconds, they're gone and they're on to the next property. So that brings me on to photographs is yes, by all means, use your cell phone, which are, which are extremely high quality the very first time you do it. Do what you can, as quickly as you can, to get the property online to start making money. But now you're revising and you're going back and you're updating. Find a, Contact your local real estate broker. Find out who they're using for their professional real estate photography. Take the time. Spend the money. Um, have somebody come in, stage the place property, do proper lighting, um, take the time to lay the table, even get some people. And, I, and I, I'm beginning to believe more and more in having people enjoying your property in the photographs. Um, just as long as, you know, you know, they're, they're the right kind of people and, and you think they're appealing to, um, to the eye. Um, definitely consider doing that, especially activities, activities in the area. It's great to have photos of people actually enjoying activities. So it's a lot easier for people to imagine, imagine themselves there at your property. Um, all of this can be done through a professional um, um, photography service. Um, and I'd also recommend, if, if the budget will allow, is try and find somebody who does aerial shots, who can get some nice high-angle shots of the property. Uh, your land, uh, if it's waterfront, the waterfront. Um, this will give you you know, opportunities to use some of that footage for maybe a video um, and also to get some of those nice aerial shots. So, so, so definitely think about that, adding that to your budget. Um, this year for, for pro getting professional text, professional photos, and even looking to get a video done as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that is number five on our five things you must do for success in 2017. That's update everything. And, and I'm having great fun. I'm, I'm with Kingfisher. I'm updating furniture. I'm updating um, the, all, all the kitchen appliances. Um, I'm updating all the bedding. And... We've we've already had a some some feedback from from our guests who went in at Christmas who are there for their their third time to say it was amazing that the the change in the place and and at that time all we'd done was swap out a rug. Yeah, I mean, and for us, and for us, this is uh, this weekend, this coming weekend. Um, Andrea and I are taking the kids down to Seabreeze. We haven't actually stayed at the property ourselves in several years because we've just been so focused on. Um, on having it as a business. Um, so not only are we going to stay there as a family, but we're going to really see what the kids like to do or what they need when we're down there. So that way we can make sure that, you know, we've always wanted, we've always prided ourselves on being family friendly. Um, but what we want to do is make sure that we have everything that our kids would like. So that way we have a better understanding of what um, other parents uh, are going to need to keep their kids entertained. 
um, as well as looking at the entire property and looking to update a lot of things to to make things better for our guests and also making things better for our property manager as well. Um, because, you know, keeping your property manager happy and, and, and uh, making sure things are set up as easy as possible for turnovers um, really does help to maintain that relationship as well. So so always think about that in terms of your as part of your update everything. Make sure that you're you're updating your relationship with your service providers as well. That that's a really good point. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, in, in fact I started doing that yesterday because for the first time I've got to grips with the properly app because I want my property manager to start using it and and I was starting to develop my my checklist. So if anybody um, who is listening has not heard of it. Um, I will put a link to properly.com uh, on the show notes and uh, you know go go and take a look go and look at the property, properly app it's it's terrific for helping you out with with changeovers giving you checklists to give to your uh, to your guests uh, to, sorry to your changeover managers to your cleaners to your maintenance people um, I am just exploring the the outer edges of it at the moment, and and really looking forward to to getting to grips with uh, with properly uh, as as part of my updating everything for 2017. So we've uh, we've just hit an hour, Mike. So uh, I think we probably um, better wrap this up. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that you know this is the, these are the conversations to have in in the first week or two of a new year is to you know re- remember that your business is will grow with you. So whatever you choose to do to allow yourself to grow, your business will grow with you. So take time, go to the show notes, cottageblogger dot com forward slash vrs one sixty two. So that's one six two um, to find all the resources we've mentioned in this episode. As well as that, seriously consider buying your ticket for the Vacation Rental Success Summit in Toronto, May 6th and 7th, um, because I guarantee you will come away from these two days. And if you choose to add the third day, which is on the Friday, which is the 5th of May, uh, we're having several options of, of a full, full one-day workshops uh, to cover different aspects of, uh, of the business. Um, so I would head across to vacationrentalsuccesssummit.com get your ticket now because you know this is such a great opportunity for you to network meet all these people that have been interviewed here on the podcast uh, and we have a lot we have a lot of guests um speaking this year who who have, have been on the podcast well yes i mean I, i've mentioned three of them or we we've mentioned three of them today richard vorton is is going to come and 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 talk to us about this whole um business of collaboration which i think is going to be fascinating uh we're going to be seeing um uh, Alex uh, Nig and Tammy Sims from um, Properly.com and Jessica and Andy from Guesthook again. Um, so, you know, that, that that's just a, a small sample of some of the people that are going to be there. I mean, if, if you're, if you're uh, an Airbnb host, you'll be able to come along and meet Evelyn Badia, who is, um, who is so prominent now in the uh, Airbnb world. I'm not going to say much more about that because Mike is such a good promoter of the Vacation Rental Success Summit um, and all the details are going to be on the show notes. Mike, I hope you've been taking, uh, taking note of all the things, all, all these links you've been mentioning because there's a, there's a ton of them. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a, an, uh, an absolutely filled show notes page uh, and uh, you'll be able to come back and refer to this whenever you listen to this episode. Um, but if you are one of our keen listeners, 
um, and you listen to this uh, as it comes out in uh, early 2017, please, please, please take action. Listen to all these steps. Make notes. uh, Spend some time with your partner, with your spouse, with your family. Sit down and and think about how you can um, actually take these suggestions and put them into practice to see an amazing improvement and massive success in your business in 2017. Well, thanks a lot for joining me, Mike. And thank you to uh, all of you out there in uh, listener land for, uh, for being with us again. It's an absolute pleasure to, to have, you, have you with us every week. We, we, we know you're there and we really would love to hear from you. We love your comments on the show notes. And, and of course, as ever, you can always contact me directly at heather at cottageblogger.com. I'm always very, very happy to hear your feedback and to hear your, your comments and your suggestions for how we can make the podcast even better. So for now, thank you again, Mike, and we will be talking to you again soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh,